0: Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. How does quantum physics affect our ideas about the afterlife? What are demonic possession and exorcism really all about? What's the difference between reincarnation memories and ancestral memories?
1: Hello and welcome to the 979th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, coming to you from WOON AM and FM Radio in Winsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live on YouTube and via TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and that was Paul. And today uh, we bring you our first open line show of 2023, with a focus on questions we've received from listeners outside the United States. And if you have any questions or comments, you can call us at... 401 766 That's from anywhere. Or you can email Paul at com, or you can reach out to us via our Facebook page.
0: Okay, so let's uh, dive right in there. Sure thanks. Let's take one from Martino in Oldham, England. Okie dokie. That'd be, would be so kind.
1: I will do my best to be the kindest. Um, so Martino writes to us. Uh, hello, Paul. Just listened to your last show on behind the paranormal, uh, and a portion of it reminded me of a phenomena in London, namely the Woolwich Tunnel, uh, which runs under the River Thames. People uh, walking through the tunnel experience strange time discrepancies uh, when exiting at the far end, which jar with the uh, <coughs> excuse me with the perception of the of the persons at the opposite end. If you haven't already. Um, it would be a great subject for a future show. Thanks for all you do, and a great 2023 to yourself and Ben.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, uh, Tino, for writing in. Um, I have been to the Woolwich Tunnel. Uh, that was in uh, a long time ago, in 1989. And uh, <clears throat> the very first thing I noticed... you know, I, The reason I was there is because I heard all these stories. Because it's very old. I believe it was built in uh, 1902 or something like that. And uh, I remember... The first thing that struck me was when you walk in there; it's very, very long and round. And anyone with vertigo um, might, can get dizzy, uh, and there might be optical illusions involved. However, it's very hard for time slips to be an illusion. Uh, the, uh, the I've heard stories that people will walk. Man, I walked the whole thing from one end to the other and it seemed normal to me. But people have said it, it's, uh, you can walk in one direction and they walked back. It took them like half the time. <clears throat> uh, there are stories of people standing in one end and kind of going in and kind of looking back and seeing a scene that is frozen in time. Uh, there are a number of those stories. Hmm. And um, there's a, a running gag that uh, when they built that tunnel, it was the only, uh, because of the time slips, it was the only uh, project ever undertaken by a uh, public project of that kind that was ahead of schedule and under, under budget in the history of the U.K. So
1: <laughs> The irony, huh? <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, there's humor in everything. Ed Warren always told me, keep your sense of humor. He was right about that. Mm. So, um, yes, I think that would be well worth a show. Uh, I think we can try and find some witnesses, and uh, see what we can see.
1: London just seems like an in- interesting place in general. I, I I watched a little a little video a while ago um, that was on this particular gin palace that used to be across from the jail. Um,
0: <laughs> I mean the old Bailey. Y-
1: no, it, was, it, it used to be the jail, but then it burned down, and then they built a bunch of stuff over it. Um, I think
0: that's the old Bailey. It
1: might be the old Bailey. Yeah. Um, they but still it,
0: call it the old
1: Bailey. Yeah, it might, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they, where they used to have the public hangings and stuff. That's in so, there too. So people would yeah. have have the 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 brec- They would have their breakfast and then they'd watch people get on.
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Very, very grim. Yeah. It was. It was a very grim time, I suppose. <laughs> and it was. It was really interesting because I I thought about it and I was like I feel like I've I've heard so many stories and I, I would probably venture a guess that there's that there's a lot of a lot of factors that play into it. Um, I I believe the if I well I, I'd have to do some research, but I, I'd want to take a look at the geological makeup of of most of.
0: Well, I was about to mention that. Oh yeah. Because this is a tunnel that goes under the Thames River. Ooh. And I guess they built it so that the workers in the stockyards wouldn't have to <clears throat> take a boat to get to work, and so. Uh, not only is the water all around it on three sides. It, well, I guess it's, it's 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 cut through the riverbed, and the the riverbed of the Thames there is very weird. And we always talk about clay and sandy soils as being conducive to electromagnetic fields. Uh, that's especially true. It's really a goopy kind of substance, and it liquefies. Mm. You know, so uh, that may have something to do with uh, perception. And the EM fields.
1: Possibly, oh, possibly. possibly. Yeah. Or perhaps even some sort of. Um, I, I know that this is a thing only, only from um, this one course I took in college. That was a mixture of environmentalism and like, uh, economics, but it was specifically about um, dams, like old old dams.
0: Like earthen dams.
1: No, like uh, like man made dams, like from like the industrial okay. revolution. No. Yeah. Um, because I believe Massachusetts has, Massachusetts alone, has, uh, 1,200, um, unused dams that are still just there. Really? Yeah, because they're, they're too, they're too costly to get rid of because there's so many, like, toxins in the sediment. That's right. Because of the old, the, (laughs) the old, like, fabric manufacturers.
0: The old Blackstone River down here, our own river, if, um. The dams ever broke out, they are all kinds of toxins on the bottom, and they they don't want to stir them up. Right. They're from the old mills.
1: Yeah, and it's it's even yeah. So they they're it's just it's too costly to get rid of them, so they just leave them. Yeah. And so I I can imagine that with everything that's happened in in London over the centuries. Oh good. Yeah, I can only imagine what that what's in the in the soil of that (laughs) riverbed. Yeah. (laughs) Because I I believe I don't I don't think you can swim in it. I don't think you could you can even like step in it. It's it's like pretty pretty bad from what I understand.
0: Well I think it's cleaner than
1: it used to be. Yeah, it might be cleaner now. Yeah. But but it's set. but the sediment settles and if you stir it up that's that's Well, when...
0: you said you didn't like London when we were there uh in twenty twelve and you because we were we were going somewhere else. Mm so anyway, but that's neither here nor there. But yeah, it was a very good point.
1: I think because it just didn't feel like a different country. That's probably why I said that.
0: Well, you're talking about Heathrow. It could be anywhere.
1: That's, that's true. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, plus we were only in it for like a few for a few minutes, and it was just like ah, I just there was just something about it that. I was like, ah. Well, and anyway. Maybe if I spent time there. Yeah. But that, that's neither here nor there.
0: Well, we just come in from Iceland, which was very uh, serene and quiet and lovely.
1: It was nice. I would love to go back there.
0: Yeah. Anyway, uh, so much for the travel log. Thank you, Tino, for writing, in, and, and we will attempt to uh, put together a show on that. It's a great idea. Okay, here is um, one from. oh, Where is
1: it? Oh, I've got the I've got the thing the thing right here. Oh no, well, I got it. some that. emails. Okay.
0: This one is from Pear. I believe it's from uh, in Sweden. You can start with paragraph two there. Ah uh, yes,
1: paragraph two. Okie um, dokie. Do 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 do. Uh I found your I found your podcast program um and a website a week ago and started listening a bit. Thank you very much for a very interesting program. Um I have a question regarding the afterlife in the multiverse. I listened to an episode where you talk about life after death, and if I understood you correctly, one can't really die because you are already living somewhere else at the same time and always will. But how does it uh all actually work? If there are thousands or millions, et cetera, versions of yourself, do they have different souls, do they or uh, do all the versions of yourself share one and the same soul? Um, how can they share the same soul at the same time? Or do they have different souls? If they have different souls, uh, one one version of one dies, doesn't that mean uh, that the individual dies? Or even if a, a copy of that individual stuck with uh, another soul lives on somewhere else, uh, would that... Uh, not be like if there are a lot of clones of yourself in a lot of different worlds, but if someone could make clones of me that will be surviving somewhere in another world and I die, that would mean that I would survive because there are cloned copies of me. Would I still die? Uh, I read the, this article called Why the You in the Afterlife Wouldn't Really Be You um, in Scientific America. Uh What do you think about those arguments?
0: Okay, very good question uh, and very good points, uh, Per. Thank you. Um, I think there are two points that we're always emphasizing, but but can be very difficult to understand. One is time. There is no such thing. It, well, there is in the sense of it's a function of our consciousness. But physics has pretty much proven over the last century and a half that there really is no objective time, and that all pa- what we consider past, present, and future, are simultaneous. It's just that we experience them uh, as past, present and future. And how do we experience them? Point number two, consciousness. It's all about consciousness. In my opinion, we are, yes, we're living all sorts of uh, lives in many different parallel universes because uh, point number three, uh, all Possible outcomes do exist in concrete reality somewhere or somewhen in the multiverse, a term we did not invent. We didn't come up with any of these concepts. Uh, We may be the first or among the first to use them in paranormal research, but uh, they're not, maybe the interpretation is kind of original, but not the concept. Uh, I refer you to... uh, the brilliant work of Jacques Vallée, of uh, Anthony Peake, and other people of that caliber, uh, even uh, Fred Alan wolfe the distinguished physicist, who has been on this show and talked about this. So I think when it comes to these lives we're living, you have to define soul. What do you mean by soul? We're very big, as our listeners know, on defining our terms. So if you're talking about the soul as... The, uh, the animus, the, the inner being, the life, the consciousness. Sure, I think that is definitely shared among all our facets, a term we use to talk about the various lives we're living in parallel realities. Uh, they, in my opinion, make up our subconscious here. And in those parallel lives, this life here that we're living is part of the subconscious. There, that's how we know so much. Uh, we always use the example of prodigies like Mozart. How does a four-year-old kid, who's had little or no musical education, sit down and start um, composing brilliant piano concerto? Uh, you know, because he's in touch with where he already is. A brilliant composer in a parallel life. I think it is one consciousness, uh, one soul, if you will, and uh, another metaphor you could use is a tree, uh, a deciduous tree with leaves. Sure, a leaf will fall off, but you're still the rest of the tree and all the other leaves. So there is, I think, one being, one consciousness and subconscious all together and I think that uh, that would be my answer. I don't know, Ben. Maybe have a different opinion.
1: Um, sure, uh, I think there's there's a wonderful a wonderful resource that I always really liked, who who talked about this a lot, and that was John of Damascus. And John of
0: Damascus, yeah.
1: Our boy. He uh, he he has a quote that I will I will read a little bit of um, <clears throat> when someone o- by offering a definition of what the soul is. The soul, therefore, is a living essence, uncomplicated, incorporeal, invisible, and in its proper nature. uh, To the eyes of the body, immortal, reasoning, and intelligent, formless, making use of an organic body and being the source of its powers of life, growth, sensation, and generation. The intellect being its purest part, though not in any way alien to it. As the eye is to the body, so is the intellect to the soul. It has power over itself, its volition and energy, and it, it is, it's volition and energy and is immutable, able, i.e. able to be changed because it is created. All these features are natural to it that are imparted by its creator and its being and nature are thus because of the same grace which it is, which it has received. The, the fun thing about it, about the definition is that it offers us three different things. Um, and, it, it really – it offers the, that it it, it – we're going to take a quick step back and talk about Aristotle for a little bit. So Aristotle had this definition of essence and energies. So we know a thing by by its essence and energies. So we can know how something acts in the world through its energies so we can know a person, right? So I know my dad through his energies and how he acts in the world. I know he Uh-oh. Yes, well, no is, is, is a certain <laughs> term, because yeah, I only know to an extent you, a part of yourself, only through how you act in the world. So I know you through the things you say on the air, through the books you've written. I know you through how you've parented me over the years and been an example, but I don't know your essence. And so that's the other portion of one's being, which is the center of yourself that really only you know. So I, I heard this this really interesting thing where someone said you know if you really think about it there's already multiple versions of yourself because everybody you encounter has a different vision of who you are because they only know you through the certain things that you've done right so it's like everybody who who has listened to, to us over the years <laughs> would only know us through this show they would know our our actions through and energies through how we how we've talked about certain topics how we've dealt with certain things how we've how we've addressed certain questions and topics ie this one Um, so your soul is the essence, you know, but it also is a mysterious thing that has many different functions. It links us to our intellect through which we're able to know certain knowledges of spiritual things. It links us to the vital portions of ourself that can understand our needs, our hungers. It's sort of the the center of, of your being. But it's broken out into many different things and it's, and it can change, which is, which is something that I think is, is very important here because arguably, you know, it's, we, I think, I think how we think of soul, I've, I've asked this definition of people many times and they're like, well, you know, it's just kind of like your consciousness, your higher self, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, I think it's more than that. It's, it's, it's something that, that is, it's indescribable, but we know it. And we, we know it through, through our, ourselves, our actions, how, how we sort of take in certain things. And it's, it's similar to how we engage in certain topics. Us engaging in this topic right now, we're using our intellect, but we're also using our, our empathy. We're using, we're using our other senses that are sort of indescribable, indefinable. And, you know, and a person can change and i believe you know at at the heart of it if you're if if you a person is changing their their soul can change and it's if you want to use a, a hyper sort of pseudo scientific argument you could say well it's energy and energy can change because you know it, you know that it's just constantly changing sure yeah you can call it that if you want that's fine but the the idea is that it's it's this mysterious thing that we we don't know its function but we know it through how it acts and I think that that's the really important thing when we're talking about you know um, the 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 end of things, the sort of the uh, the final things, if you will, especially when when one you know and en- enters enters into death. And I think it really all comes down to how we view our our cosmology, which is what I was trying to get at last week with with Murray Silver, is is our our cosmology. Our cosmology as a culture, you know, not not referring to the cos the you know the stars and the study of stars and their makeup and stuff. I'm referring to how we view the cosmos, the old definition of cosmos, the underlying order of everything, and how how we view that because it feels like we're also disjointed from the world around us, and it's it's and it's so just we're, we're all just so pushed apart and separated and isolated from everybody and everything, of course we have questions about the cosmos and how we understand not just ourselves, but the world around us. And especially, you know, in, in death. Otherwise there wouldn't, there wouldn't be a study of the paranormal in my opinion, mm. because it was sort of a part of the culture before. And now they're now it's now here we are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it wouldn't matter if it was a part of the culture. But the whole point of this, of, of the question is, and I'm, I'm getting to that, is, the soul can change. And, it's, a, it's a mystery as to how it works. And I, I think if I came up with a concise definition for, okay, well, this is what happens when you die, you know, it's, I, it's, it, it would be false. It would be, it would lead you astray, because in the end, all I know is, is the experience that I've had and the things that I've learned, and, and that's about it. And it's from a certain point of view, and really, at the end of the day, there's an objective reality that we know is happening around us, but we're all approaching it with our own experiences and baggage, looking at it and saying, this is what it is. But really, I think the mystery of it is in in the experience of it, because, you know, the the soul in and of itself is just something you can't really define, but we know that it informs every aspect of our being. And if the soul continues on, you know... Not even as an individual, it's it's sort of a portion of our body is what it is, and it allows us to interact with knowledge. It allows us to interact with spiritual things. It allows us to sort of dictate ourselves, and you know choose whether to do you know good, bad, you know indifferent, whatever. It's it's sort of this thing that point is you know should point us in the right direction if we allow it to. And sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. It's a very complicated thing. And I think how how we as as modern modern people view ourselves is just very disjointed. That okay, well there's body and there's spirit, you know, and my soul isn't is the immortal thing that's that's me, that's guiding a flesh machine. And that's not really it. it. It it informs every portion of your being. And your your physical body and you know, whatever is a part of that. And so in in this this multiverse thing, right? Arguably just because it's all separate doesn't mean it's not you. You know, it's right. like just because I'm your son dead doesn't mean I'm not an extension of you. And it's to some extent we're all an extension of each other. I think I think the problem is breaking That's out my of my boy. Right. So yeah. they so they the problem is, you know, you can't think of yourself as an individual in okay, well, I'm me now, I'm gonna be me forever in these many different worlds, that's not really it. It's it's that we're all extensions of everything else.
0: Well, one uh, you know, I agree with that. One, one further point, of course. These are difficult concepts to grasp in a society that is very narcissistic. And uh, the island theory is something that I think we we're always talking about has to be rejected because the island theory says that everything we are, everything we were, everything we will be, is within us. Implying that it's within our bodies, and then you know we're we're ultimately separated from everyone else. Nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, so I think if if you become more multiverse aware, as we say, uh, the island theory becomes makes less and less sense. And one one point about uh, Christianity in particular, uh, it's not about how to die. Christianity is about how to live. Judaism is about how to live. I think every faith path should be about how to live, not how to die. Because the dying takes care of itself. Uh, how you live determines the bed you make in the multiverse for all your facets. I would That's how I would put it. So, um, okay, we're uh, going to move on to another question. Why we, can we take our break now? If you'd like. Okay. And then we'll have a nice, clear transition into another question. Mm. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM, 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. Open line show today. We'll be back with more questions. So stick with us.
1: Hi, I'm Greg Bell, the host of When Radio Was. I'm is right Is that you under that blindfold? With this thing on, I can't see who
0: I am. No, I imagine not. Can't you see anything at all under that blindfold? On a clear
1: day, I can see the blindfold. You can. Yeah. When Radio Was, shows from the past for today's imaginations. When Radio Was airs Monday through Friday right here on ON 1240 Radio at 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. You can depend on us for public service,
0: ON Radio. Okay, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben on WON Radio, AM and FM. And let's get back to our questions. We're concentrating today on questions from overseas listeners in many different countries. So um, one fellow who appears on just about every show is Peter Shelley, but he is most definitely out of the country in Bogota, Colombia. So let's take uh, Peter's questions for the week. Peter is an occasional guest co-host of the show, too.
1: Sure. Okie dokie. And Peter writes to us, uh, Hi, Paul and Ben. Uh, What are your paranormal-related goals for 2023, and how do you plan to make them happen?
0: Well, that's an interesting question. Paranormal-related goals. Well, we uh, want to finish the book we've been talking about, which is uh, Behind the Paranormal 3, Uneasy Skies. Mm. About the UFO phenomenon, that'll be based on the formats of our other behind the Parano- paranormal books in that series. Uh, they will be uh, looking at the interviews we've had with uh, some of the greatest names in that field over the over the years, and plus our own experiences. So we're working on that. Uh, there is a an enormous media project we cannot discuss. So there's that. And uh, we're still doing, uh, you know, the the flap area cases. Uh, we hope to get back to Pennsylvania in the spring and a couple of other areas too. Um, I'm trying to get that done. I'm getting up there in years, so I want to get uh, as much in this year as possible. And uh, th- our goals are just to learn more, do it better, own what's good and eliminate what's bad in, in our theories and methods, and uh, that's I don't know how would you answer the question, Ben?
1: Um, well, uh, I, I think it's uh, there's there's a really important lesson that I've I've been trying to to live out in my life that I think is very important, which is transforming one's self um, for the, for the better, you know, improving one's habits, health overall and you know doing doing my best to be a better person and we all struggle with a lot of things and uh i am 100% not perfect so i'm trying my best to be better um and i guess that that sort of relates to the paranormal stuff because i am uh very i get distracted very easily <laughs> I've been trying to write it write an essay on on for uh our 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 book for the last couple of years, and I got very far in it and then i just i i put it aside because I was like, I need to go back to this when I have a clearer head and I have less going on because oh boy, does life like to throw you curveballs mm. a A wise person once told me that as you as you uh age your problems don't go away, they just change, and so <laughs> And so I'm I'm doing doing my best to try and, and finish up this this essay that I, I think is very important um, because Murray brought up this thing last week and I, I've I, I I talked a little bit with with Peter Shelley about it a little later. Speaking of Peter, I um where where he was Murray was kind of giving like the the history of the paranormal in the United States, um over over the past few years and I I wish I I didn't even think to bring it up but but Peter brought it up was like oh I really want to know what he thinks of what's going on now and I was like that's a really interesting point and I th- I thought about that for a bit and I I was like oh you know I I wonder I wonder what the next step is and I I think I, I think there's some some big stuff kind of happening in the world that is um that that's that's really going to define the the next sort of generation of things to come and it's it's not going to be great i think but at the end of the day it's like it's just a story that just repeats itself over and over again and so really really all you can do is just kind of do the best you can every day and you know try and be a good person and just kind of do what you can um so i guess really the goal is is as, as much as it doesn't sound paranormal, it, it is because, you know, the world is paranormal right now. And ironically, we're the ones that are that are <laughs> that are doing the thing that's not crazy um, because it, it's like it's kind of like the world's been flipped on its head. And we're, we're kind of in this paradoxical time where everybody's kind of crazy and 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 delving into their own little echo chambers. And it's it's kind of like it's very hard to keep yourself balanced. So I, I think the goal is to be as balanced as possible in, in the coming coming year.
0: Well said. Uh, the only other thing, too, is uh, we're working on a chapter for uh, Tim Beckley's new book uh, on mimics. And there are all kinds of paranormal mimics out there. We've dealt with them many, many times over the years. Mm. And uh, Tim is carrying on the publishing tradition of the great uh, Tim Beckley, a dear friend of this show. So uh, we're, we're pretty busy. Mm. So uh,
1: what there is you... a second question.
0: Oh, there is. Okay, there so is. from Peter. Yes.
1: Yes, and Peter's second question is: What inspiring advice? <laughs> I hope it's inspiring. <laughs> Can you give to paranormal researchers and investigators for 2023?
0: Uh, well, I like maybe we just gave him some. Um, I will shock the world again by saying, don't, don't do it. Don't treat it as a hobby. Uh, I know that uh, we are often chided by paranormal groups who say that we are denigrating what they do, but they're using our theories and methods and getting some interesting and tremendous results. So we don't want to be unfair, but I think if you're not in the field, uh, you know, as, as Murray said last week, I mean, you have no idea what you're dealing with. What are you going to do if you bring something home? What are you going to do for your family? What are you going to do if you make things worse? The best advice is, you know, read some good books, um, listen to this and other shows that might be valuable to you, uh, but uh, avoid the hobbyist ghost hunting.
1: Mm, yeah, <laughs> agree.
0: I, uh, I wish I could be gentler with that, but I can't.
1: Well, I think it's I think it's important too. Um, oh, jeez. Sorry, video for all those the, uh, watching our stream. I'm sorry, I just I sent you all over the place. Um, I'm used used to there being a guest. I don't know why I'm like a little off kilter today. I think it's well, uh, are you,
0: used to, you know handling everything.
1: That's true. You, so you I don't
0: do the um, Blair Witch Project cinematography
1: thing. Yeah, I run, run over to the camera you know, you and start state. shaking it. Um, no, I think I think it's really uh, I, I think one of the really big things is is understanding yourself is very important. I, I was talking to someone recently, and you know they were saying that they were having activity in their house and stuff. And I was like, "Well, how are you doing?" Right. And they, <laughs> and they were like, "What do you What do you mean?" And I was like, "Is everything okay?" Like, do you, and she was like, "Well, you know, it's funny you mentioned that. You know, where there's there's some tr- there's some trouble going on, blah, blah blah blah." And I was like, "Well, I'm not a counselor, but you know, maybe you should go see one." And it's like, it's like you know a lot yeah, of the,
0: that's everything.
1: A, lo- a lot of this stuff is is you know i I pretty much said you know it's a symptom not not the cause exactly and so it's like you know we should really look at ourselves first before you know saying the devil made me do it because it's like because really at the end of the day you know we're we're the ones that are that are kind of bringing bringing our stuff into the experience not to say that there's not negative entities out there there definitely are but we don't help it and And it's and you know, the events around us don't help it. It's not all separate stuff. it's all going on at the same time. So I think trying not so the the two things knowing yourself is very important, and the second thing is understanding that you know these things aren't aren't separate little cubbies that are in their own neat little boxes. It's very messy like stuff happening all over the place, and it's it's all happening at once, and it's all layered on top of each other. And trying to separate it into neat little boxes, oh it's just dead people over here, and then we're over here, and we we see them over there, and that's it it's like no, this is this there's all sorts of things happening here, you know your fight with somebody else could be exacerbating the situation, or you know you <laughs> Putting in, you know, new plumbing or electrical, then, you know, they, they, there's electrical leaks or something like that going on, and it's like, you know, it's, it's exacerbating a problem that might have been there before. You know, there's so many things that are going on and so many factors. Doesn't mean the phenomena is not happening, but, you know, it's, it's a, it's a symptom of, of the environment. It's a portion of the environment that we are yep. in.
0: Well said. Uh, okay, let's move to a question from Mark from Devon, England.
1: Ah yes, <laughs> the the old.
0: Yeah, I left in his kind words. I thought they were so nice.
1: No, yeah, let's let's see. So so hi Paul and Ben. Uh, just discovered your show through a recent contribution you made to an Anthony Peak podcast. Uh, thank you so much, and uh, for the learned and open-minded approach you and your guests provide in areas so prone to uh, sensationalism. We try our best. Um, I enjoy your your natural sage wisdom and Ben's um, inquir- inquiring analysis, um, which complement each other uh, very well. As I am from uh, uh, Devon, and so you and uh, the, excuse me, could you tell me if the Wistmans and Exmoor investigations were the subject of one of these past shows, and if so, which one?
0: Okay, um, we have mentioned that on many occasions. Now I'll give you the background. 1989, Ben wasn't even born yet, I was in Devon, and we've been to Devon, of course, too, because we have family connect- connections there, uh, and I uh, was supposed to be investigating the the beast of Exmoor, okay, Exmoor is a national park, it's a wilderness area, with the, the Moors, if anybody's read uh, British literature, the Moors figure into the uh, the uh, rather austere and, I think, glorious landscape of uh, the southwest of England, really all over England. And uh, so Exmoor is one of those wilderness areas. And there was a, um, and, and I took a day, and I went down, down to South Devon, Exmoor is in North Devon, to the Dartmoor National Park. It's the South Devon uh, moor more, more area that is, it's mentioned, uh, if you're a fan of Sherlock Holmes, it's mentioned in the, uh, uh, particularly the Hound of the Baskervilles. Uh, very lovely, austere, right to my taste. It was a march and kind of dreary, and but I loved it. So uh, that's the uh, area that Wistman's Wood is located. And Wistman's Wood is considered one of the oldest forests in England. And it's not very big. But it has these very odd oak trees that are no more than twelve or fifteen feet tall, and that's as tall as they get. Um, it's very rocky soil. There is a very interesting quartz vein that goes right down the middle of the place. And you're not supposed to go in, but I did. You know, I couldn't have. Nobody else was around, and uh, I had a um, rather dramatic paranormal experience there I was exploring and I looked up and um, maybe 30 feet away, toward the edge of the wood was half a figure dressed in furs. I couldn't see the legs, just the top half of the figure. and uh, I thought, gee, is this an ancestor of mine? Is this one of the druids who supposedly took refuge in this this forest? Because the Romans didn't like the Druids. And so in uh, the Roman times, the Druids were sort of persecuted and and they uh, disappeared into woods. And this was one of them uh, where that occurred. And supposedly it was one of the last holdouts of the Druids in England. So a very, very dramatic history to Wistman's wood. And the word Wistman's comes from, the, uh, I believe, an Anglo-Saxon word uh, from uh, either Old or Middle English, meaning wizard. So it's kind of the wizard's wood. Now, I wouldn't really consider that a case uh, so much as an experience, okay? And it wasn't in the context of my trip looking for the Beast of Exmoor. And just what the Beast of Exmoor is, is a a large uh, (laughs) puma-like Black Panther sort of big cat that uh, today is almost ubiquitous. It's somebody ran over one in Scotland, so they definitely are in the UK. Uh, so, but at the time in the late 80s, it was still controversial. Uh, the Royal Marines had been out looking for, for it, but they, they saw figures, but they couldn't, couldn't get a clear shot. So um, uh, that's what the, what the context of that. What's the second case he mentions?
1: Uh, that would be, so we had the, the Beast of Exmoor, and we have, uh, the Wiseman's Wood. Well, I just thought,
0: what happened, was there something after that, too?
1: Uh, Exmoor.
0: Oh, Exmoor, okay. Or Exmoor would have been the Beast. Right. Okay. Um, one of the, the, the first, um, uh, memory I have of that is rather dramatic, something out of a Sherlock Holmes or, uh, a Peter, she- uh, Mary Shelley, uh, novel, was, um, on my first day there, I was met at Heathrow by three old shepherds, and I was the most exciting thing that had happened to them in since World War one I, I think. so off we go to Devon. it was a long drive and uh, there had been a sheep kill and one of the, one of the issues here was, was that this this big cat was killing a lot of sheep, and the farmers are losing money, and the insurance companies wouldn't cover it. You know, I was killed by a, a, a cougar, you know, like pay me. So, uh, that, that, that didn't go over very well. So they wanted somebody in there to kind of explain and, and see what was going on. And, uh, I never actually saw the big cat, but, uh, my first day there, there were police officers and farmers with shotguns. We were all running up through this. All I could think of was that last scene of the Lon Chaney, uh, uh, Frankenstein film where they oh. attack the castle. They got torches <laughs> and all. You know, all we needed were the torches. But it was. But I saw footprints that were absolutely huge, and they were cat footprints.
1: It was just a misunderstood monster.
0: Well, I mean, I talked to one. Fa- I interviewed a lot of farmers. I talked to one farmer who had seen two at the two at the same time. Jeez. And the, the, since then there have been photographs. And I was working with a man called Nigel Briarley from Bishops Nimton up there, uh uh Moulton, South Moulton in Devon, and um it's ironic' because the family reunion we we missed in October mm. went to South Moulton, I said, oh my gosh, I know people there, so anyway, um that's what that was about um but we have no particular shows on those subjects or or, or
1: I think we, we might have f- done one a while ago
0: yeah uh, I would refer you to. Mark, to um, a film called Lions of the East. I believe it's on YouTube.
1: Mm. It's
0: one of our good friend Alexander Pettikoff's films. It's really good. And I'm in there talking about that case and the uh, Mansfield Mystery Cat mm. from Massachusetts, which came kind of shortly after that, or a few years after that. So, uh, But uh, maybe we should... You know, I, I keep looking through through the shows because they we we have been mentioning. These things kind of all along.
1: I don't know why, but I I feel like well maybe we never did a, a complete show on it, but we we may have answered like listener questions. On I it. I
0: think we, we have discussed it a number of times. Yeah, I don't
1: think we've ever done like a full show on it. We could always do that because there's probably yeah fun I little, suppose, fun yeah. little details that we could there So we're coming up on our
0: thousandth show. You have to excuse us, but we don't remember the subject you <laughs> want. You know so.
1: Oh, no, our encyclopedic knowledge only takes us so far. <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. <laughs> we are limited. So, uh, what do we have? Uh, one from Facebook there?
1: Sure. Um, let's see. du You know, let's let's take uh, Bernie from Banfield in Argentina. Um, Banfield,
0: Argentina. Uh, Didn't sound very Argentine. I looked it up, and it's a suburb of Buenos Aires. So, is it actually? It is. Yeah. Oh,
1: fascinating. Um, so Bernie writes. Your ideas on parasites are very interesting, um, and I'm looking forward to more shows on possession and exorcism. Are your ideas really that different from the traditional ones, or do you just use different terms? I think that that's
0: a very good question. I refer you to our show two weeks from today with Dr. Richard Gallagher, who is a psychiatrist from New York, who works with the Roman Catholic exorcists, and he has a lot more experience in, at that than than I have. I think. Oh, that's Certainly.
1: it, Yeah, yeah twenty five years.
0: That's kind of... So uh, you might want to listen to that show. But the 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 point that we make, we use different terms, but it's a good question: How different are our ideas from the traditional ideas? And uh, the, the traditional ideas, I would say, are that uh, when it comes to any kind of possession, it's a uh, a demon a servant of Satan who has that theological background and is trying to destroy a child of God. Okay, uh, Our ideas are, I think, um, more in line with what I've seen and that's that they, these are parasitical entities who come and feed upon us uh, whatever energies we're producing, particularly in, in, in a negative situation uh, as we discussed with the previous question, and that they would um, uh, feed upon that. And the, the whole possession phenomenon, when I was working with a priest myself in the 70s, did not strike me as all that theological. Uh, I have seen them in other contexts use our own theologies against us, mimic, as will be this part of the subject of these this chapter we're writing for Tim, Schwartz um, that uh, they will pretend to be one of your loved ones pretend to be something else in order to eat just as other mimics in nature do so I think um, my experience of exorcism and possession is beyond way beyond the limited theology that we place on it these are alien creatures um, people were always ask me, "Is there a personal devil?" Well, I mean, I'm far more interested in a personal God, which I believe in wholeheartedly. But you want to see the devil, I think sometimes you just have to look in the mirror or read the news. You know, um, I don't. I don't care about any kind of thing like I care about God. I care about grace, positive nature. I care about uplifting things. You know, and uh you know I, mean, I care in the sense of helping other people with it, but I know that that our approach works by displacing the negative energy with positive energy with prayer, love, even humor in a positive sense that's really worked, and um I don't know Ben, what say you
1: well i I guess it kind of depends on what your your definition of traditional is mm, um, right there's there's sort of the, the western idea that we've kind of discussed a little bit, which is it's demons that are very, very organized. They're an organized force to be reckoned with.
0: Well, they um, are.
1: And they're essentially... <laughs>
0: but I would call them demons. <laughs>
1: they're, they're, it's, it's funny. I heard this really, this really kind of funny thing. I don't know if it was C.S. Lewis who said it, but somebody said that, you know, the, um demons or sort of demonic forces always take on the thing that that people kind of fear the most, and for C.S. Lewis, it was bureaucrats. (laughs) So they... So if you ever read the Screw Tape letters, it's like they're very organized and and whatever. And evil can be very organized. I mean, oh it's, yes, it can. And that's you know, I mean, the, the World War Two is a great example of that. Precisely. But at the same time, you know, it's always it's 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 chaotic at the same time because it it destroys order, right? It's it's the opposite of order, which is is good and and unites us all. And you know, it's things things can be created and you know but and and that but it's you know really only evil has the power to destroy and that's about it and and it can't really create anything and any time that's ever happened it just it, it just always goes bad but um it but if you if you look at the ancient 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 version of of what possession is it it refers to this thing that kind of got sort of turned into the the seven deadly sins but it it was originally referred to as the passions and the idea of that was um cuz we kind of talked about this a little bit before the show ironically yeah. and um the idea was that you know every one of us has the ability to the ability to choose you know between following the passions whether you know it be gluttony lust all that stuff <clears throat> or um you know doing you know <laughs> Or, or you know, not, not doing it at all. But we, we all make choices, and that's kind of the whole point. And if you keep choosing it, it seems to be freeing, but really, what it does is it, it enslaves you to something else. And so, it, there's a reason why liquor is referred to as spirits. Because it's it can it can take over you and and possess you in a way where you you need it. It's it's a physical need.
0: Yeah, and or it's, drugs.
1: Right. It's 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 that that's that's a that's what the traditional 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 the idea of 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 uh, possession is, or you know, certainly some, evil. Right. And so, or like you know, if someone who's who's married constantly cheats on their spouse, and it just becomes a like it starts off as a habit, and then it becomes a need. And it just it just keeps going, and it's it's one of it's one of those things, and it's like you it, it's possible to break out of it and change it, but it, it it enslaves you, it takes it. And we were discussing this before the show, and it's like, well, you know, it, 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 these are all spiritual things; they can't affect you. I mean, they certainly can, because there's a spiritual aspect to everything. Uh, and right. it's like if you if you've known anybody that's that's been you know addicted to like hard drugs, you know, they they look really different, they it, you know their their health is terrible, but when they get clean. <laughs> they they change their their, phys- their physical body changes their mentality changes everything changes and they become you know more human and so there's this they, that sort of got lost and it kind of became well it's not really my responsibility the devil made me do it and that's really not you know the traditional definition that kind of was because of uh, a fun little book called paradise lost huh. that kind of <laughs> really ruined ontology for everybody And, um, really kind of ruined how people, people kind of saw, you know, the, uh, the, all, all these, all these beings and such. But, again, it depends on your definition of traditional and, and where you're getting these traditional, traditional quote unquote ideas from. So, the, with, with that in mind, it's not, it's ever so slightly different because the main thing in there is you have a choice. And, and it's not like you're completely powerless. There's a choice in there. And just because the, the terms are different, it's, it's, there's, there's a choice in there. And, and really, we, we choose to kind of go one way or the other. And it may be a, a change of definition of this traditional idea, you know, by, by adding in this, this aspect of, of parasites and such. Um, but really, it's just kind of what, what we've experienced over time. I personally don't really see a ton of a difference it's there's it's it just it hap- it happens differently for everybody and how we experience it is different for, for everybody because it's informed by you know your background. so how how I've perceived it is is through the things that I've learned and experienced. So I don't really think there's much of a difference because the human story stays the same no matter what. We yeah. just change the words around.
0: yeah uh, we're just trying to ex- expand the understanding uh, but I do direct you to January 29th, our show. Uh, Number 981, Exorcism and the Psychiatrist with Dr. Richard Gallagher. So, we have time for one more brief one, Ben?
1: We do. Um, Well, maybe let's not go over the concept of time. Okay. (laughs) Um, Let's Uh, see. Oh, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. Um, So, it's it's a couple different questions, but we can take one of them um, from Peter in Durban, South Africa. Um, and Peter writes to us, I read your book Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, three times. Well, uh, thank you. Three times. Uh, great book with so many new ideas. My first question, I live south of the equator, uh, so would, uh, would paranormal characteristics of winter holidays you have described be reversed as our seasons are?
0: Isn't that, that's a very interesting question. Um, we, we talk in the book, we have a, uh a chapter about the winter holidays, <clears throat> and that's, uh, Behind the Paranormal, Everything You Know is Wrong, uh, we, uh, that was released in 2016 by Schiffer Books, and, uh, we have a joint byline on that, and, uh, the, the idea was that, um, uh, the beginning of winter was essentially Halloween, uh, when death would be dominant in many ancient cultures, and, um, the energies involved would be very interesting. Uh, Christmas, of course, being around the time of the solstice when the year turns and the sun kind of comes back, and they were the bonfires. There. But south of the equator, um, th- the seasons are reversed. Winter, the time of death, would be in the middle of the summer for us. Mm. You know, uh, June, July, and August. So I, I think, yeah, I mean, I think the the, the culture, the, the consciousness. Uh, the cultural awareness of the same principles mm. might very well be reversed because it's all in the has been has suggested all in the human experience.
1: Yeah, that's that is a really interesting question. I'm I'm I think that that's probably probably it is it's it's informed by by sort of the the zeitgeist, if you will. Mm. Um, Well, that's the spirit of the times. It's not really accurate. I guess it would be the the spirit of the culture around you. Um, I I think that that's really important, and I I wish I could give a better answer than that. I'd I'd want to look into it more, honestly, the different cultural customs and such. Excellent,
0: yeah. There's Uh, another show. Uh, A shaman in um, Quebec, a Cree shaman, once told me that uh, our faith in God arises from the earth on which we live. Because that's where our experience comes from, with, with the climate or uh, how things grow, uh, our work with the earth to make it fruitful, uh, how we live in uh, harmony with, with uh, nature and God. And so uh, that would be, uh, if that's true, and I definitely believe it is, then those in the, in the southern hemisphere would have um, the same experiences with the earth, but at different times of the year. That's a, that's pretty interesting. All
1: yeah, right. that's definitely worth the show for sure.
0: Okay, so let's uh, go to our announcement. Thank you so much. I think our next open line show we're going to take a lot, so some of these questions we haven't gotten to from our overseas listeners, and uh, really really good stuff. So Ben, take it away.
1: Sure thing. Uh, father of mine. Uh, so you can look for us at the New England ParaFest in Kittery, Maine on April 22nd and 23rd, 2023. Uh, we will not kick off the event, uh, with a live show on April 16th as we had hoped, uh, because we have to do a rebroadcast on that date.
0: Yeah, it's a holiday. We're not gonna be able to do a live show.
1: Oh, that's right! Yes! That's, yeah, 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 it's Easter. It was, I, I was looking at that and I was like, oh, I, there's, there's definitely something important going on that day. Yes! Man! <laughs> Oh, boy.
0: Well, unless Tom Spidlery wants to do it at a different time, we, we could do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's possible, but uh, we'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get well, there. We will,
0: yes. Actually, we got all our... Sh- <laughs> anyway, so uh, we'll be at the Para Expo 2023. Uh, no holidays there aboard the USS Salem in Quincy, Massachusetts, May 19th, 21st. We'll be among the speakers and we'll broadcast live from the ship on Sunday, May 21st.
1: And uh, other events of 2023, which uh we or my father will be present, include the Exeter UFO Festival in September and the Arizona Dowsers Conference in October. Sorry to step on you there. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you can visit our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, where you can find over 1,100 hours of our regular shows and special broadcasts since 2008. Uh, from CBS Radio, Achieve Radio, and here on W O O N AM, and FM. Uh, you can also hear many of these broadcasts on the major podcast platforms, including iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube.
0: And we have a show app, very simple, but you can download it by going to BehindTheParanormal.com right there on the main page. And uh, so what do we have for next week, Ben?
1: Well, next week, uh, on January 22nd, uh, we will bring you two close associates of the late UFO pioneer, Nigel Kerner, uh, from the UK. Danielle Silverman and Dr. John Biggerstaff uh, will be joining us to talk about gray aliens and artificial intelligence. Uh, so plan to call in or get your questions to us at paul at com.
0: And we leave you today with a thought from our favorite 13th century Persian poet and theologian, Rumi. What you seek is also seeking you. I'm Paul Eno.
1: And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Return to this radio frequency
0: 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.